WNBA Nation. Yeah, we got two episodes coming at you today. Uh, <laughs> we have to. We we can't. We didn't want to turn these into like hour and a half long episodes where we just busted out everything about the uh the first the first game. We got to talk game two that happened tonight. Kyle Haywood here with my good friend Logan Jones. Logan, you ready to break down another game with me? Uh, not quite. Let me go ahead and don. Let's see here. All right. Now I'm ready. Oh, there we go. There we go. Rocking the Chicago sky hat. (laughs) Let's go. Let's get it. Sky fans. I mentioned they're going to come after me on Twitter for picking against them. But all I'm saying is we're in the semis, baby. (laughs) I mentioned on our other episode that I would be eating a lot of crow, but I believe all four of us are eating some crow after seeing Chicago advance to the semifinals i think only one of us i was it you that had chicago actually advancing or or was it steve i can't remember uh i had chicago advancing out of the first round oh i mean out of the first round oh out of the first round i think i think three of us picked dallas so uh a lot of us didn't even give chicago the respect to come out of the first round here they are in the semis chicago every chance i've gotten because and and if you've been listening to the show for a long time first of all thank you for sticking with us for the last five years happy birthday to us (laughs) really recently Um, yes five years just a couple episodes ago if you listen to that one but i famously have jinxed the sky time and time again every time i've picked them to win a big game um including the handy heave game (laughs) so uh, I've uh, I've tried to stay away from picking them this year in my preseason predictions, in my postseason previews, and we'll see if that trend continues today or if I take a take a leap of faith. <laughs> I uh, I always appreciate when Logan is wisely not uh, picking for Chicago because he loves Chicago. Like we we don't really all necessarily have like one team that we're like. You know, oh, I'm a diehard Seattle fan, or I'm a diehard Los Angeles fan, or I'm a diehard uh, Phoenix or Chicago. Like, we like the WNBA, but we have like there's certain players and certain teams and certain storylines, honestly, that that will uh, you know catch our attention and, and whatnot. Logan has has always enjoyed the Chicago Sky. I don't know if he's ever like been upset and like really against the Chicago Sky. Um, and so he's really smart in the way that if he doesn't pick <laughs> Chicago, it's really likely Chicago is going to win. Um, so <laughs> anyway, it's, it's, it's a good time. Um, Logan, I got this one way off. I came in hot on the Minnesota hype train. I was, I was a hundred percent good to go on this. I, uh, I, I believe I said something like if this was a series, I'd give, Chicago a three percent chance of advancing, but since it's a since it's a single game, I'll make it like fifteen percent. I was I was not high on Chicago coming into this matchup, and I was very high on Minnesota. I, obviously, I was incorrect because Chicago <laughs> definitely took care of business tonight. It was by far the more uh, dominating performance of the two games that happened tonight. Chicago coming away with a victory, eighty nine to seventy six 
over the Minnesota Lynx. Just initial thoughts, Logan. I just, I just want to hear from you. What what kind of you know catches your eye, and, and or what you know what got you? Uh, what do you think about this result? This was not the result that we as hosts necessarily anticipated. So I'm curious what you what you thought happened here. Yeah, well, I will tell you. Uh, obviously, I got the outcome wrong because I picked Minnesota in this game and they lost by 13. But the process was correct. Because I thought the key to this game for Minnesota was going to be Leisha Clarendon being a facilitator to the offense. And sh- and they were absolutely shut down. Um, yes. Zero, let's see, zero assists, one steal, zero points. Uh, she's the only, um, the only player in the, in the starting five that did not get anything uh, anything Struggled. on the scoreboard. So. Uh, and then just not a lot from the bench. You, I, I thought they had a pretty deep bench, but Natalie Achanwa, Crystal Dangerfield, Rachel Banham all came in and, and contributed about eight total points between them. Not a whole lot happening there. Crystal Dangerfield, not a good shooting night. So um, Clarendon getting shut down really affected everything else that this team wanted to do, which is the inverse of the take that I thought would happen. But the the outcome, like if you would have told me that that would be their stat line, I would have been like, yeah, they're going to lose that game then because that's been a really critical piece to the Minnesota machine all year. Um, Credit to Chicago for continuing the momentum that they built in the first round. They've now survived two single elimination rounds and get not necessarily uh, an enjoyable (laughs) matchup here in round three, but at least get themselves to a three game series or five game series at best of best of five um, where they can, I, I don't know if, like I said, it's not like a breather. It's not like they get to relax now, but to not be facing the threat of elimination every single night has to be a little bit of a relief for a team that was supposed to be a contender from the beginning of the year. So that being said, the starting five from the Chicago sky all brought it. Um, the usual suspects all scored in double digits as well as Diamond Shields with 14 points, 19 minutes off the bench. Good night for her. She was four for five with six points from the foul line as well. Um, I, it's encouraging to see the bench contributing. That's been really key. We, we mentioned the bench for both teams in the Phoenix-Seattle uh, matchup really did nothing at all. Um, if you have If you have a bench this deep into the playoffs that can help you, that might be your your secret sauce to success because not everybody's got that. So I was really happy with what we saw from the sky tonight. Um, in all honesty, it didn't feel... It, let's see. It, at halftime, it was a four-point game. So there was still something to be said for Minnesota sticking around. Late in the third quarter, it started to get away from Minnesota. It was about 10 points. They They made a little bit of a run. And then from that point on, the whole fourth quarter was basically just... Chicago holding them at arm's reach. Um, and that's right. exactly the type of game you want to play when you're, uh, when you're trying to eliminate a really good team. Um, Minnesota's defense, which had been at times this year, one of the best in the league, but inconsistent. Uh, that reared its ugly head tonight. They gave up 89 in part because Chicago's starting five can all score the ball like really well. <laughs> they, they ended up shooting uh, 49% for the game from the floor. Uh, including a pretty bad percentage from three. So all of their stuff in paint um, was going in from, from everybody. <laughs> and that, which is, that's really tough. Which is really, you know, especially surprising considering that just prior to the game, Sylvia Fowles was awarded the defensive player of the year. 
Um, you know, because of she, because she's such a lockdown interior defender and, and handles the ball really well, um, you know, and, and is an imposing figure there. Um, Candace Parker came out with eight points and didn't have to score any more than those eight points because the rest of the team stepped up. Um, you know, Copper, we've said co- this is Copper's team. And it 100% is. Vandersloot went off for 19, five boards, five assists. That's really solid. Also chipped in three steals. Sometimes steals go underrated. Um, but the, like a steal can be such a momentum shifting, like, yeah, like part of the game. It's not something that's like a huge part. But if you, if you win the steals category, that's giving you, you know, extra possessions and extra shots at the the b- bucket that the other team doesn't get. Um, Courtney Vandersloot had a fantastic game. Quigley chipped it. Quigley chipped in eleven. Uh, Stevens with fifteen as well. Um, DeShields had a good game. We have not seen Diamond DeShields this season, and even last season was not the Diamond DeShields that we had seen prior. Um, you know, the All Star game, Diamond DeShields. It's good to see her have a solid game here in the playoffs against a team of the caliber like the Minnesota Lynx. Um, and honestly, even a player like Dufal, uh, who had six points and, you know, five, uh, three boards. I think, you know, having uh, Dufal come in and, and put in some decent minutes there, I think, you know, this is just a really solid uh, all around the board performance from Chicago. And, not a great performance from anyone other than Ariel Powers. Like Ariel pa- yeah. Powers came out and had a fantastic game, but the rest of the team just it just wasn't there. It yeah, wasn't a lot there of people on Twitter called this out, especially in the first half. Um, the Lynx just didn't do a good job of finding fouls and getting her offensive touches early. She still ended with seventeen yeah. points, but it could have been a lot more. Um, and then I thought McBride had a nice game. Um, she was really that. She, she was like, great. She she brought what we thought she was going to bring to this team, and I'm yeah. glad that she was able to do that in the playoffs. She hit four. Three she corners. probably did enough. She probably did enough if other players had been like if Clarendon hadn't been limited in like yeah. minutes. I think McBride could have done enough. Didn't do enough to overcome, you know, uh, a not 100 percent Clarendon. You no, know, I think is, that's that's this where the Sky Team the that, that didn't. This is not the Sky Team that lost like nine in a row, right? This is the right. sky team we expected to see where, you know, on any given night, Vandersloot can be the leading scorer and Copper can be the leading rebounder, which was the case tonight. Um, Copper, by the way, 16 points, 10 rebounds, four assists. She is 27 years old. Um, Chicago's got something there. I mean, you've got Vanderquigs um, for as long as you want to keep them both around on the payroll. Uh, but at some point, that, that's gonna that's gonna change, and I think Copper needs to be the future of this team. I will two say seasons ago, I would have said DeShields. <laughs> I would have said DeShields was the future of this team. She's the building block you got to build around. Mm-hmm. Copper is that build is that building block. Yeah. You know, I don't obviously Candace Parker's. You know, there's going to be some years that she's not going to. You know, she. You know, I don't know how many years from now she won't be playing. Uh, Quigley Vandersloot. We'll see. You know, kind of where their future um, leads, but. If you can build around Kalia Copper, you're going to be fine. You're going to be just fine to to do that. So, I think that's a that's a great call out here. Um, overall, 
obviously, I expected this score to be the other way. I expected Minnesota to win by double digits. I was very bullish on that. I have to eat a lot of crow. Sky fans, just so you know, I love the sky. I've got a Chicago Sky jersey literally like less than three feet from my face right now. Um, Courtney Vandersloot is my daughter's favorite player because honestly, my daughter kind of looks a little bit like Courtney Vandersloot. Um, They just, I, I love this team, but Minnesota to me was a team that did not get enough respect all season long. And I thought that they were, I thought they were probably going to advance to the final, which kind of brings up what, something that we alluded to before Logan, before we hop into previewing kind of the next round, a team like Minnesota, that's a three seed that has played really, really well all season long comes in and doesn't have an opportunity for a series you know, basically has one kind of rough outing, you know, they're one injury away. They, they had a great season. They were 22 and 10, you know, they, they finished the season like six whole games ahead of a Chicago sky team that just beat them. Um, do, is it fair for a three seed in a basketball format in a professional sports basketball format to not get a series. Now, I'm not saying this because I'm, you know, like I'm not bitter Minnesota fan guy. Yeah, like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I like both these teams equally. I'm thinking this is a great example of why some people really dislike single elimination games because I think that in both this case and in the case of Phoenix, Seattle, everybody would have loved to see both of these turn into a series, at least a three game series, you know. I, so I'm curious what, where you kind of view so you know, I, how you view the, this situation. I am in the camp that I would enjoy more playoff basketball. So don't sure. hear don't hear what I'm not saying with this next take and think that I'm like against like if next year if they came out and they wanted to change the format and say we're going to go five game series every round. I'm on board. Right. But hear hear these words fans of every North American sport. Because every <laughs> league has this discussion anytime one of their darlings loses in the first round. Yes. It's not the league's responsibility to make sure the best teams win against the six and seven and eight seeds of the world. It's your team's responsibility to look like a three seed and win the games you have to win in the playoffs. I know that's harsh, <laughs> but it, it applies to. Every sport. This, this is a discussion in baseball right now because either the Giants or the Dodgers are going to be in the wild card, even though they're 16 games above the team that they're going to face in single elimination. It's not Major League Baseball's job to fix the playoffs so that teams don't have to prove themselves throughout the playoffs. The reason the playoffs exist is to weed out the pretenders and allow the best teams to move forward. So if you are who you say you are, in this case, the Minnesota Lynx, the number three <laughs> that's seed a great call out. over they the course are who we the thought year, they were. <laughs> if, if that's who you are, it's your job to win a single elimination game. Not to say, hey, league, you should protect us from this potential pitfall. <laughs> so I 100% agree with you on this case. Um, I think that it, it ultimately is up to that. 
However, in this one scenario, only two teams in this league are protected. Our one and two seeds get at least three games. And they're overprotected, by the way. I do believe yeah. that. I do that's think where I think that's lot. where I think the the it, it's not balanced. If we want to go single elimination and just call this March Madness, let's call it March Madness. <laughs> like, fine, by me. And then we're going to have like a seven seed make a run and, and win a title. I'm cool with that. If we want to make it that crazy, go for it. Um, because, but the reason why the regular season is so impactful is because everybody's vying for those top two seats. The, the, the difference between a number two seed and a number three seed in the WNBA is miles. It's miles. Yeah, it's, like it's too a, vast. a number two seed, Las it's Vegas, and a Las Vegas versus a Minnesota. Even though they're only two games separated, and and look really similar, Las Vegas gets a five game series where Minnesota has to buckle up for a. a they have to buckle up for a playoff single elimination against a team that just won a game and is coming in with some momentum. That's that's tough. Now, again, I trust me, listeners. You guys are like Kyle's really bitter that his his pick. <laughs> we I, we would be no, we I'm, would be having this discussion if I picked the sky. I'm with okay? you. I believe that there is too much of an advantage gap between the top two teams getting automatically into the semis and needing to lose a series in order to get eliminated. And the three and four seeds that a lot of times are very similar in talent level to those top two being susceptible to, you know, getting sniped by by a single elimination, you know, upstart team. But the way and and if they want to change the playoffs next year, I'm down with it. I want more playoff basketball. I love series. I, I think Phoenix versus Seattle this year would have been a great series. I, I would have loved to see a Minnesota like, oh, let's see if they respond in game two to the Chicago team. Like, I want to see that. I'm not against it. But I'm also not going to lose sleep this year, the way the playoffs are presently constituted, over a number three seed Minnesota team that had an opportunity to settle it on the court and didn't get the job. And didn't. Agreed. I, I, think, I think the only issue is that Las Vegas... It's just the discrepancy between a two seed and a three seed. You know what I mean? I think I think it has to be somewhat a little bit. I think that that one and two seed maybe is too overpowered. If that's the case, you know, if we're just going to take these top two teams and be like, hey, you guys guaranteed semifinals and a series here. Like, I think that's too much. If you're going to protect the top two seeds that much, that much, you need to throw a little something down to the three and four seeds or at least lessen, lessen that advantage that the one and two seeds have. Yeah, maybe would, you, you maybe you, yeah, maybe you do like a play in, uh, you know, maybe you have, you know, the playoff set up a little bit differently so that there's play in still from those first couple, but maybe there's not a buy for the one, two, you know, one, two, three, four, C, I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know how you'd figure it out, but I, I just think it's too heavy. If, if this is the case, then why not just automatically advance Connecticut and Las Vegas to the finals? You know, like that's, if we're going to give them that strong of, of an advantage. Now, that being said, I definitely think Phoenix and Chicago have rosters and have momentum that could take both Connecticut and Las Vegas. I think they're both really good. 
but I just think that it's a it's it's too strong yeah, it's, of an advantage if you're not going to also extend a little advantage to Minnesota and Seattle. That's a good point you just mentioned. It, it's very unsexy, but if you took the four remaining teams in the playoffs and you told us what they would be at the beginning of this season, and and we would have no sure. knowledge of you know Dallas being a playoff team or the Liberty winning ten more games or anything like that or, or Minnesota you you had Minnesota finishing high a lot of us had them like middle yeah. of the pack but if, if but if, if we, we said no Phoenix knowledge, Chicago Connecticut Las Vegas are your top four teams I'm not surprised yeah, all of us would be like that makes sense like we yes. could see that coming from a mile away so like as much as it feels like oh like Minnesota deserves to be there like Chicago didn't really deserve to be a sixth seed did they they lost a bunch of games at the beginning of the season when they were a broken team they righted the ship. They got themselves in the playoffs just like we knew they were going to all along. And honestly, it, it was kind of like Minnesota lost to a fellow three seed because that's yeah. how talented the Chicago Sky team was. Their record just blew because they totally sucked the first half of the season. Right. <laughs> and, and didn't no, right. that's 100% correct. Yeah, no, that's 100% correct. Good discussion. I like, I like this discussion. Um, and by the way, I, I enjoy playing some devil's advocate here and there. <laughs> I, I'm really stoked to see Phoenix and Chicago in these matchups. Um, I uh, I think Minnesota and Seattle are, are fun teams. I obviously was really high on Minnesota this season. That being said, I think that Phoenix in particular was, I'm I've probably high as high on Phoenix as just about anybody else as well. So let's go ahead and, and take a look at this upcoming Series Logan Chicago and Connecticut. Now, oh yeah, talk about talk about a battle that's that's about to go down. Connecticut looks sickeningly good. Like they look they look so dominant. They look twenty twenty Seattle Storm dominant. Like they look that good. Like nobody's even like staying on the court with them. However, we know what Chicago can do. We know the talents there. And for years, we've been saying Chicago's one piece away. They're one piece away from making a run at the title. They're one piece away. They've got that piece. And in fact, grew a second piece with Kalia, with Kalia Copper. Like they've got two pieces now added to this, this team that was a piece away two seasons ago. This Chicago Sky team is the real deal. And Connecticut might have uh, might have a little bit of a tougher time than initially if you'd have told us, hey, the six seed's going to play the number one seed and the number one seed hasn't lost since like pre-Olympics. You're going to be like, ah, number one seed's going to smoke number six seed. That probably isn't the case here with Chicago. So, Logan, um, just looking ahead at personnel, looking ahead at momentum, how do you... Uh, What's catching your attention in this series between Connecticut and Chicago moving forward? Uh, my favorite part of this series is it involves a pair of teams who both believe correctly that this has to be their year. And that's going to make for a very fun back and forth between these two teams. Um, you all know we've, we've talked about the sky extensively on this episode. You know their history. They've had teams that should have been fun and awesome and deep playoff runs that got cut short for the last three seasons in a row. The Connecticut Sun, meanwhile, 
since Kurt Miller t- took over, they've been above a 500 team almost every year, the bubble season being the exception. And the bubble season is the one where they still got to the semis and then lost to Vegas in five, right? Um, the year before that, they lost to the Mystics in the WNBA Finals in five. And the two years before that, they were eliminated in the single round elimination, second round by Phoenix um, both times. So since 2017, they've been trying to make their deep run. They've been almost there. I mean, they... They fell to the Deladon, like Emma Miesman Mystics in the finals in five games in a great series. And then last year's Vegas team bumped it. Remember, they, they started really, um, really poorly. They were last year's sky a little bit where they started like one and five in the bubble or something like that. And then made the playoffs, pushed Vegas to five games and then didn't get it done. They, I think, believe, especially with how well they've played since the commissioner's cup loss, that it's their time or never this year. And and that's exactly what's going on with Candace Parker in the Skylocker room. And so you're going to get an, an intense atmosphere because I think both teams, you know, the the prospect of seeing this season slip away without a championship, it's there's more desperation there than with your average, you know, well-built, well-run roster. Um and that that really excites me because it's going to make for some good basketball. I am scared of the sun. They frighten me. I'm terrified of um, the sun. <laughs> I think I think John Quill Jones a good way. has every right uh to to claim this year's MVP award despite missing 5 games early. Um they've they've gotten some pieces back. They they look like the most well-oiled machine in the game right now. I think they're the team to beat. But Chicago came into this year as a supposed contender, they fought through some single elimination games. It seems like they found their footing and they haven't even played their best basketball yet. I still think there's a lot of room in their ceiling to play better than they have. So I don't know what that means. That was just me talking a lot about how much these two teams want it and not a lot about <laughs> what I think is going to happen. <laughs> so I, I love that because I think what's understated is that, uh, you know, Candace Parker coming home, there's a lot of energy there. There's a lot of, you know, her wanting to represent and bring a title to Chicago. I think that that's a huge piece there. Obviously, Chicago, before Candace coming, were hungry and wanting to do well in the playoffs. Connecticut, just as you said, is also like really, really starving for a title. Both of these teams really, really want hardware. I would love to see this as a finals matchup between these two teams. I think it, it would be a lot of fun. Um, I wonder how much emotion and uh, and whatnot and motivation can play into a full five game series. Um, I would not be surprised to see Chicago come in and and maybe take game one, but Connecticut right now to me looks like the best team in basketball. Um, they give me a lot of 2020 Seattle vibes, a lot of 2018 Seattle vibes as well, where it just, they just look like kind of the best team. Like it was just, it was kind of obvious, like, yeah, that they're probably winning it because they're the best team. Um, that's how it feels. So I, I gotta, I, I think if I'm going to make it, go ahead and make a prediction here, Logan, I think I got to take Connecticut. I'm going to take Connecticut in four. Prior to what I saw from Chicago, I would have I, I would have taken Connecticut in three, 
Chicago's playing with some gusto right now, and uh, and they're, they they want to take somebody out. I could easily see this turn into a, a series where Chicago comes in and takes the first game, and then uh, just because of their momentum, and then Connecticut, you know, gets back on their feet, comes around and and wins by double digits three games in a row to advance to the finals. Like I could easily see that being the the, the case, but I'm going to go ahead and say Connecticut in four. Logan, I want to hear your prediction for this series. I think this is going to be the best three-game series ever. Okay. Um, All right. So like, you call I, it a sweep. I don't think it's going to be like Connecticut goes and just like blows them out three straight times by any means. I think they're just going to find a way three straight times. The, like you said, I think the only way that they drop one is actually if they lose game one because they've been sitting for a week and Chicago's right. a little fresher and they've they've played real game minutes more recently and maybe they they're just a little bit warmer. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I could also see things go really wrong. I, I think the odds are low, but you know, maybe they peaked at the wrong time having such a dominant back half of the season and then having to, to sit and watch the last week. I don't think that's going to happen. That's the one time where I think the cliche of being hungry really matters is if if they had won the championship last year and were kind of resting on their laurels for the past week and a half, maybe they get caught off. That's that's another story, yeah. But but this is a team. I again, I already reiterated the Wikipedia article a second ago, so I'm not going to do it again. But you need to acknowledge how close this Sun team has been to a title the last two years because they're not thought yes. of that way. It's easy. We just automatically think of like the Deladon MVP year and the Storm kicked everybody's butts year. And we just forget. Now, Connecticut's <laughs> been good for several their, seasons. Their window has been open for three since since like Kurt Miller took over in 2015, I think, and that year wasn't so mm-hmm. great. And then the year after, it's go time. I'd say since like 20, 2018? yeah, at so, least. So 20, 2017, 2018, like like basically the whole Kurt Miller era has been like, let's go get one, and they've been so close. And I feel like they know this is we've on at any given matchup on any given night, we can have the best player on the floor in John Quill Jones, the way that she has looked this season. And that can make the I love difference. It. So I'm going to take the Connecticut sun in three wearing my Chicago sky hat on Mike. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then this will work out it. for me either way, because I truly believe that, 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 that outcome is what I can picture happening. But I've also been so wrong on every pick so far in the playoffs that if I reverse jinx the sky into the finals, I'm I'm thrilled because honestly, I was say you're not upset about that. Yeah, the the potential matchups in the finals, we don't have a bad one. We have a potential uh, Vegas Sun rematch of the semis last year, but in the finals, which would be amazing. We have uh, potential Sun versus Phoenix, which would be great because you have potential for DT to get another one, Griner to prove something. Um, Connecticut just looking scary. And then you have a potential Chicago Vegas matchup, which is kind of fun because I still think those two teams kind of dislike each other. And that, yes. that could be a good time for everyone. And then, uh, I don't see this one happening, but if Phoenix and, uh, if Phoenix and Chicago get through, um, you get a Candace versus D finals. And that's, that just writes itself. So there's no bad outcome here. But I'm with Steve, man. Unless his opinion's changed, and I doubt it has, it's hard to pick against the Sun on very hard to pick against them this year. (laughs) 
hundred percent agree. Well, everybody, that's all we've got for you tonight. Again, if you are listening to the show for the first time, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. If you're on Apple Podcasts, you can go ahead and find just hit the little plus at it's, the top. It's hiding. Top Even of the if page. you know where it's, it is, it's still kind of secret. It's, it's kind of hard to find. Hit that plus. Make sure it's checked. Um, we love all of the five-star reviews that have come through. I think we've got a couple coming in soon. Um, I've seen our numbers go up, but every once in a while it takes like an extra day or two for the actual written review to show up and populate. But we've seen several new five star uh, ratings come through on the episode. So if you got 10 seconds right now, click five stars that boosts our podcast up the, the ranks and, uh, and helps more people come uh, find our show and other WNBA shows and become more familiar with the best league that, uh, that the that the world has to offer we absolutely love the WNBA. um check us out on twitter at WNBA nation pods the best way to get a hold of us um and uh make sure you're checking us out on twitch twitch.tv slash WNBA nation come give us a follow and you'll get notified anytime that we go live we're going to be doing some watch parties we're going to be doing some live tweeting we're going to be doing some recording some post game reactions for the semis and finals don't miss a bit of it come hang out with us and uh get ready for more episodes to come uh entertain your ears as we move forward but logan any last words for our listeners before we sign off uh just be ready for round three uh it's gonna be let's see tuesday the 28th i'm gonna have the times and channels for you momentarily here we're gonna get mercury (laughs) aces uh game one will start on the 28th on espn 2 uh, I've got 8 p.m. Mountain Time, which doesn't help you very much. What is that? 10 seven, p.m. Eastern. 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific. That's that's probably yep. that's probably where you're hanging out. And then uh, that's actually the later game. The earlier game is is then uh, what is that? Chicago, Connecticut is at 8 p.m. Eastern 8 p.m. time. Eastern, Tuesday ESPN night. Two. Okay. On ESPN two. Yep. The dose. Okay. The dose. Thanks everybody for hanging out. Appreciate it. Thanks to our Twitch family for hanging out and uh, letting us know. Uh, how you're feeling? We've seen some uh, some some shoutouts over there. You know, some hashtag Skytown, some Ariel Powers fan club, uh, some Mercury X Factor members coming in into the chat. Um, just a lot of fun over here on Twitch. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. For WNBA Nation, I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Logan Jones, and we got you next time. <laughs>